What's up to all my freelancers and creators out there? This is Nathan with another episode of Freelance Jumpstart TV. And in this episode, we're gonna get into why you need a portfolio. Let's talk for a moment. Um, in the past, I had different types of jobs. I worked different nine to five jobs, you know, whether it be middle school, high school, and even in college and beyond, you know, I had different types of jobs. So in my mind, I thought having versatility and different types of skills would just show that no matter what job I had, you know, it just showed that I could get it done. That wasn't always reflected on my resume, right? I always found it a little weird that I had all this experience on my resume, but whenever I go apply to the type of job that I want, they're either nervous or skeptical that I can do the work because they don't see it anywhere on my resume. It's somewhat of a double-edged sword. I mean, you need to work because you need money so you can live. Uh, and you also need to work so you can get experience. But on the other end, if you don't have the right type of work, then it doesn't really help you in the process of getting a job. In the same way um, as a creative, you need to have a portfolio of your work. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a writer. It doesn't really matter if you're a graphic designer, web designer, if you're a consultant, doesn't matter. You know, you need some type of portfolio because this serves as your resume to people who you work with in the future. So on that point, not only do you need a portfolio, but I have three quick things that you need to pay attention to that builds on why you need a portfolio and how it's useful. So the first point is, you know, you need a portfolio because this is your opportunity to take control. You know, I mentioned I worked different jobs in the past. Yes, I worked them because I needed the money, but also I worked them because I kind of liked them. But like I said, I had to pay bills. But, you know, as my resume was getting built, there's this randomness of where I was going and it's not a centered focus around a particular topic. So to that end, you know, a portfolio is your opportunity to take control and really make it whatever you want it to be. You know, you can highlight whatever you want to highlight, you know, and it's your first time to where you can really just take full control. You're the one that is determining what goes into the portfolio. So if you're not proud of the work, don't put it in there. Or if you're not that proud of the work, highlight certain things. But you know, it's up to you as a creative to take the time to have a portfolio so people can reference and you have control over what you want that to be, what format you want it to be in. Maybe it's pictures, maybe you're writing and telling a story in your portfolio, maybe you're showing video, maybe you're giving commentary in a video over work you've done. You really just have a lot of control over whatever you want to do. The second point is to take the time to really curate what is in your portfolio. And when I say curate, I mean, don't put every single little thing in your portfolio. Think about the type of work you want to do in the future and put different items in your portfolio that relate to what you want to do in the future. As an example, you know, when I was first learning Photoshop, I learned how to edit pictures, right? How to change the colors, change the saturation, make things brighter, even though if it was taking on a dark day, make it look like it was sun time, you know, whatever. You know, I learned all those things with Photoshop. So I was telling people, hey, if you have any photos that need to be edited, you know, give me a shout and I will edit them. I remember it was around graduation season and many people came to me to edit their graduation photos. 
but also they wanted me to make graduation invitations for them. So I did the work and of course I put it in my portfolio because I thought I was showing my versatility. You know, I thought I was showing that, hey, I can do many different things. So just come to me for whatever. However, because those were in my portfolio, I had an influx of inquiries to edit photos and to create invitations. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the type of work I wanted to move towards. I wanted to move towards larger projects so I could maybe charge more and, you know, getting photo editing and graduation invitations only goes so far. So I realized, man, I'm getting a lot of inquiries on these things, but that's because I put them in my portfolio. So when people saw that, that's why they were coming to me. So when I say curate, you know, if graduation photo editing is not the type of work you want to do, then don't include that in your portfolio, you know, include the specific things that relate to what you want to do. You can even take it, you know, a step further. You know, you can say I'm a photographer, but you can take it a step deeper and say, I am a wedding photographer. I only take pictures for weddings, right? In my case, I do web design. Web design is, you know, very large, very broad. You know, what type of web design? Maybe I say I only do e-commerce. Maybe I say I only build membership sites or I only work on sites for small businesses. You know, it goes on, the list goes on of what you can do, but whatever the type of work is I want to do, you better believe that I should curate my portfolio to reflect that type of work. Following up on that point, what if, you know, the type of work you want to do, you haven't had any requests for it, you know? How can you create something and put it in your portfolio if no one's asked you to do it? This is a great opportunity to really make a side project focused around what you want to do. I know a graphic designer, he's a user interface designer and he wanted to, you know, move towards working for software as a service companies with large communities. So what he did was he took it upon himself and said, I am going to recreate LinkedIn, you know, through my vision, through my style, and I'm just going to recreate the whole website as an example. So he recreated the homepage, he recreated the profile page, and he recreated the newsfeed page, and he just took it to task to design everything himself, and he explained his decisions and placed it in his portfolio. So even though nobody officially asked him and LinkedIn didn't officially pay him or anything like that, he just did it to really just show his skills, and it was for a large client, you know, hypothetically, for a large client, hypothetically, and it still shows his skills. It still shows what he's able to do. It still shows his versatility. It still shows that if you were impressed with what I did with this mock-up LinkedIn example, then I can do the same for your company. So think about it. You know, if you haven't got the request, take the time to, you know, take on a side project and do it yourself. And you still have control and you still get a great piece for your portfolio out of it that's curated. The last point on why you need a portfolio is you need an avenue for people to understand your thought process as a creative. And for that reason, you need to create a case study. Now, when I say case study, I mean, you know, yes, it's a part of your portfolio, something you produced, but you really give some background as to how you were creating this. Um, what was the problem that was being solved? You know, what design decision did you go through to solve that problem? And was there an end result, right? Was the client satisfied? Or if it was a side project for your portfolio, you know, the end result, how did the public view or appreciate the work you produced knowing it was a side project? You don't have to turn every piece or every item in your portfolio into a case study. Just focus on, you know, 
three, four, five, however many you want, but you know, I would at least say, just focus on at least three and write out, you know, your design decisions. So people can just get a glimpse at how you think and, and how you make decisions when you're faced with certain design problems or whatever it may be. Maybe you're a consultant, right? So how did you approach certain issues, certain problems that came up? Were there any hiccups? How did you overcome that in your thinking as a consultant? You know, how do you research solutions? So you can definitely take the control by creating a case study and writing out your decisions and your thoughts. And that's a great piece for your portfolio. You don't have to do it for everything. As I said, you know, you can choose your favorite work that you did and produced and write a case study on that. Thank you for taking the time to check out this episode. I greatly appreciate it. Um, as always, there are show notes for this particular episode. So you can go to freelancejumpstart.tv slash 40, because this is episode 40, and you can read about those show notes and get some extra value there as well. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, give this podcast a review. You know, um, I would love to hear a five-star review on the podcast. That would be great. There's so many people out there who are getting value, but I don't know them. I don't hear from them. And I literally write back everyone I hear from. So if you're watching and you've gotten any value from this, I'd love to meet you. I'd love to talk with you and uh, help you in any way I can, even if that's creating more videos like this one. My last point in this video was about case studies. In the next video, I'm gonna talk about case studies in detail and show you how you can write an effective case study that can help you even advertise and get future work from the type of clients that you wanna get work from. Well, until the next one, I'll catch you later. See ya.